Hey my friends, Sean Tierney here from theautomationschool.com and in this episode of the Automation Podcast, I've invited a representative from Mitsubishi on the show to give us an overview of their PLC line. Now, if you're watching for the first time, you may be asking, hey, isn't that all Alan Bradley stuff behind you? Well, you know, I should probably explain that for the last 30 years, I've predominantly used Alan Bradley PLCs and HMIs and SCADA. And I now actually teach those products full-time at theautomationschool.com. But earlier in the year, over at theautomationblog.com, we made a decision to actively broaden the number of products and vendors that we cover. And we actually, because my experience is just with certain Alan Bradley products, we've reached out to all of our readers and connections to uh, recruit a couple dozen freelance writers to write on those topics, which I'm not very familiar with. Now, we also reached out to all the major vendors. We haven't heard back from all of them, but we've reached out to Rockwell and Wago and Siemens. And, you know, if you've watched any of the recent episodes from the Automation Show, you know, Siemens has been great. They've sent us videos. They've sent us uh, hardware to use on the show. And uh, because they support our efforts to offer free articles and videos on how to use automation products. That said, one of our freelancers is actually reading a series on how to use Mitsubishi PLCs. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great that if before we learn how to use their PLCs, we actually understood their product line. So I reached out to the folks over at Mitsubishi. I said, can somebody give us an overview of your product line? And thankfully, Jeff Brown offered to do a WebEx for us. Now, to keep the length of these videos and podcasts to around 20 minutes, I've actually split this episode into two. So in part one, we'll cover the small PLC line for Mitsubishi, the IQF. And in part two of this episode, we'll cover the large PLC line, the IQR. Jeff, thank you very much for putting this together. I'm really looking forward to this overview. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, thanks for this opportunity to present some more information on our controllers and provide an overview. My name is Jeff Brown. I'm an industry sales specialist with Mitsubishi. And I'm part marketing, part sales. I focus on our packaging and material handling markets. So moving on to the IQR, um, the IQR is a backplane setup. So there's a, a backplane and a power supply. Okay. And then it's a multi-CPU backplane. Oh, right. And it, it'll, re you know, it'll really do everything. I mean... Uh, Mitsubishi, we can do CNC control with this backplane. Our robots can be controlled on this backplane. We can do safety controllers. We can do redundant controllers, you know, up to a SIL2 process with redundant I.O. So I don't, you know, I don't think there's not much it won't do. And it's, it, you know, again, from a size standpoint, it's, it's four inches tall and um, very compact. So, you know, when I mentioned, like, I've had customers that need 120-volt I.O., and, you know, I'm up against more of a mid-range PLC, this PLC really does go from mid to, you know, full high-range applications. Okay. Um, so, you know, a big thing as we get in, this is where we, you know, the this line is where we would also do our integrated safety. And in that case, 
there's versions that have a, um, you know, safety integrated. Mm-hmm. And they just really, you know, as you can see here, they take up two slots versus one slot. Yeah, in that makes sense. Yep. Controller. And likewise with uh, with this controller, we'll go here to the IQR, and here's the selection guide. And you'll see here, here's your power supply options. So there's different amps as far as, you know, the power supplies, and those are your part numbers there. I like their, you know, pretty easy, simple part numbers. Um, there's your bases. There is actually a three-slot base we don't even have here, but there's five, eight, 10, 12 extension bases, cables. Well, let me ask you a question then, that just popped up into my mind. Let's say I had a 12-slot 12, a 12, uh, base, and I mm-hmm. needed a couple of more I.O. modules. What would I do? Is there a base-to-base expansion, or would mm-hmm. I have to do distributed I.O.? What would you do in that case if you, you had the 12-slot base and you needed you know three or four more modules i.o modules mm-hmm. you know i mean most of the customer you know where, where we would recommend is going to a distributed i.o right more and more more going that way but but it depends you know we a lot of customers if they're more comfortable with doing the extension and that's the way they've done design you can you could do an extension to a base um is there you know, a limit? Like we, how how far you can extend it? There is. There's extension cables you'll see here, like this okay. one goes to ten meters. You know, so that would be in cabinet. You're home running all your wire yep, to that yep. cabinet. You know, that's the way you do it. And and that'd probably be more for if you had existing old assets in the plant. It's already home run to there. And you want to just replace it you know if you're looking at going new install you're going to put distributed io closer to where the sensors are right to reduce your wiring and then you're going to use a network to that io in that case you know we have uh, we have different varieties of distributed io be it slice or block okay you know and if you're familiar with like the flex IO where yeah. it's a it's a compact high density, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's probably the most comparable to our, you know, what we call our remote IO. It's just okay. a, you know, small blocks, sixteen in, sixteen out, you know, high density IO blocks that are that you distribute. And then you have low density slice IO as well? We do. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, excellent. So then from a Processor standpoint, the processors are um, our CPUs or RENs, and there's, I'll quickly show you, there's, you know, they scale up. The ENs have the Ethernet on board, so they, they okay. save some money because you don't have to buy the additional, you know, like like with Rockwell, for all those years, you had to buy, like, the ENT, EN2TR cards. Yes, yep, yep. Um, but now, you know, the newer models, you can do it from on board, you know, similar. Yeah, like that L8, yep. And then motion CPUs, there's actually two types of motion. There's a motion CPU, and these are for, you know, say you're doing a 200-axis coordinated press converting line type application. 
highly sophisticated. That's where these motion CPUs come in. For most, you know, packaging applications that are more mid to low range, over here you'll see these simple motion modules. So just like in the FX, we have those simple motion that do camming, gearing, interpolation. We have those in the IQR as well. We call them simple motion. The, the selection guide has a whole entire section just for motion control as well. Okay. We put them in here so, you know, you see that they're part of the architecture of the IQR. Yeah, so what, what else is unique on these CPUs, on the side, I don't have a picture, but on the side of the CPU, there's a little door, and there's an uh, SRAM cassette in there, as well as there's a physical security key for, for IP protection oh, right. that you can lock the processor. You know, So that was one thing we put in the IQR for security, but then also you can do expansion of the you know, so this is going to give you expansion of the actual, you know, we talked about how many steps a controller has and your program size. Sure. This memory, you know, this memory is going to expand, you know, that capability for the controller. That's good. Nice. So here, as I mentioned, you have ACIO, um, you have your DC, you have your relay, you have your analog as well. and um, one thing I do like just to mention the software with the analog and, you know, you do all of your configuration in the software for your scaling, you know, even your high, like if you have a high alarm, a low alarm, you know, that's all set up through a, a user configuration window. So nice. it makes, you know, you know, a lot of users in the U.S. that have used Rockwell, they're used to that. And I know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some PLCs don't do that, and you got to scale it in the program. Mm. Um, you know, just one other thing where we're, you know, trying to make it easy to use. Nice. And then CPU models. Um, you know, I would say in this, the real popular one is going to be this R0, R04 and up, because if you're lower than that, you know, we're typically in our FX5 line. Uh, but it does scale down, you know, all the way down to a pretty small R00 CPU that, you know, as I mentioned, if you look at data memory, that's, you know, 1.5 megabytes. So, you know, that's going to be comparable to say like a three megabyte, you know, in the, in the Rockwell world. And I say Rockwell, I mean like the logics world, you know, the micro eight, 800 series are going to be more similar to this memory usage. So, so it's, it's you I know, think the Siemens are pretty much the same size. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any of those that are where, where you're declaring, you know, memory, you know, the, the thing with the logics is everything's a, a double word, right? It's 32 yeah. bits unless yep. you, you do a UDT. And that's nice. It's easy. It's, it's tag based, but it's not the most memory efficient. You know, most sure. other controllers you're, you're defining, if it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, mm. if it's a, right, if it's a byte, if it's a word, it's a word. So, mm -hmm. you know, the memory usage goes down with that, with yep. that type of controller. Makes sense. So, yep. So, so there's your different um, versions. I, you know, typically we're in a zero four and a zero eight. We don't really get 
you know, unless you're doing process control or really, you know, large access counts, do you get into the, you know, these larger CPUs? Okay. Yep. But they're out there. And then um, just the same as the IQF. The IQR has a selection tool. Where I can go in and you know, I could just start with a you know the type of processor that I want, safety, motion, robotics. And then um, you know, in the case of I'll take the R04 EN CPU. Okay. You know, I'll add my base. What typically you're gonna do. If you're doing distributed I.O., you might do a five slot, you know, depending if you want to just have one standard, you might do an eight slot. You're going to pick your processor and then you can add your, you know, either your I.O. or additional uh, CPUs because it is multi-backplane. Okay. You just add in those modules as you go. So way to design and again just like with the other one it would give you a configuration and a bill of material now before you close that oops <laughs> oh sorry go ahead i'll, I'll bring um, it back up while you're asking the question yeah it looked like i, I thought i was seeing there that it was calculating the uh, backplane current drawer for us as well yes so, yeah. so it will uh warn you if you try to put too many modules in there and you pick the small power supply is that correct yes yeah. Okay. Yep. It'll warn you of that. Um, it's only going to give you options that will work as well. Right. So if you try to add something that won't, you know, like if you've added too many CPUs, um, you've exceeded the, the power, it will. All right. That's it right there on the right. So that's yep. telling me, can yep. you add another module and we can watch that decrease the available or the consumption increase? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's go let's add another module here. So we're at 2.2 or 3.5 amps. So let's add a output module. So all right. Now it's at yep. 2.58. Okay, great. Yep. I noticed it was one we couldn't select too. So, <coughs> so checking, I noticed there's one I couldn't select either. So it's all right, right. Excellent. Yep. That's great. Yep. Mm -hmm. Number of IO points too. So that's good too. Excellent. So no, that's mm -hmm. and those are important when you're putting a system together. The last thing you want is to put something together that ain't gonna work. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yeah, so I find these tools really helpful. And, you know, more and more, as, as I know our customers want to do things themselves and they look online, I want to make sure they know those tools are available to them. And we'll definitely include uh, links to all of those, the selection guides and the um, the tools that you have there. We'll include those in the, uh, in the show notes. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah, and try the links. Um, you know, I will... Say I have a, uh, you can sign up for a, you know, it's free on our support to get a username and login. 
And okay. sometimes some of these links require that, you know. Okay. Um, the, the way we're set up is everything on our support is just searchable, you know. Um, we've tried to just make it so, like, if I want a product selection guide, I type that in, and then it brings up, you know, that information on there. So so the, the search engine is actually usable within, I guess is what I'm saying. Sometimes they're not. Everybody Googles. but. Uh, you know, we try to make it all available in there. Oh, that's great. Well. Just seeing what's available, just knowing what's available. So it's such a huge help. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I mentioned the CC link, IE, you know, that's the, the ethernet version. It's giga speed. It's open. You know, there's a lot of vendors on CC link, IE field. We have a partner network called eFactory Alliance. So, you know, Balif does a lot of uh, like our IP67, they do IP67 IO, Cognix is on there. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of vendors that support uh, CC Link IE field. It's, you know, it's it hasn't, it's been bigger in Asia, obviously, um, than here, but you know, we just want to make sure it's known because if you're doing a complete Mitsubishi system with safety and motion right now, you know, that is the network that's going to be used. But like I said, our components support Profinet, Ethernet IP. You know, we as well have connectivity in to the other networks. So let me ask you a question um, in, in, in just, I don't know, in a, in a sentence. How would you differentiate IE field from IE control? So IE control is controller to controller. It's more of an MES level network for okay. tying up. Um, you know, you could do like, say, plant-wide dual fiber optic. IE field, you know, think the field, think field devices, you know, okay. drives, I.O. Yep. And, you know, we, unfortunately, we've kind of, CC Link is kind of confused with all these different networks. Um, and to that end, you know, really what we're, so CC Link, IE, TSN, Time Sensitive Network. And I don't know how much you know about TSN, but, you know, various network uh, vendors, be it EtherCAT, Profinet, are looking at TSN as a standard, as a means of interoperability. And we're the first ones to come out with a full CC Link TSN, you know, spec. And I say we, I say CC Link, right? Sure. I'm putting on my open CC Link hat. Um, and we're starting to release product for that. So, you know, starting this year, our first product was our servo drive, you know, then it's going to be our VFDs and then our PLCs. And, you know, that for us, that's our, you know, where where we can have multiple protocols riding on the same network. Um, you know, even ideally, the, the idea is if, if there was an EtherCAT TSN device or a Profinet TSN that implemented that protocol, Yep. They could talk to the controller if, you know, just when it supported CC Link TSN because those devices are TSN, you know. Nice. But, you know, I it's the ultimate holy grail. I call it like, you know, my analogy is in my house we have 
Sony PlayStation and we have Xbox. Yeah. And the ultimate goal is you could have one, you could have a user on a PlayStation, a user on an Xbox, and they could play the same game and coordinate, right? Yeah, we can do that over the night in Rocket League, but not many games. It's very, very limited. Right. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, that's the holy grail, and that's the vision. And, you know, if anything else, it just shows where, you know, in in the U.S. market, we know we have to be open. And, you know, CC Link TSN is our mark on, you know, on, on that openness. That's interesting. I had not, I, I do a lot of teaching, so I have not uh, really delved into TSN. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's something that will be on our radar as well as, as we go forward. Sure, sure. And, you know, that's it. Um, sorry, I took a little longer. I appreciate it, uh, Jeff, because I didn't know anything. I've only heard good things about Mitsubishi, but I've never, like, understood the product line. And uh, we're mm-hmm. going to, I think, as I was telling you, we have one of our freelancers who's come on board, who's going to be writing a whole series um, about his experiences using them in the field because he's been using them for decades now. And uh, this is a okay. great start. This really will help set the stage for him. Um, so and for and for our readership, you know, that they can understand, yeah. okay, when he's talking about different models, they'll have a better understanding, or at least I will. I know a lot of yeah. my readers on the automation blog and viewers on uh on, uh, on YouTube are from my from the same background, so it's always great mm-hmm. to see how uh, other people are doing things. We've been doing a series on another vendor, so we're very looking forward to doing uh, doing this Mitsubishi series. And I really appreciate not only you taking the time because I know you're heading out the Pax Expo, right? But also, mm-hmm. um, yep, um, putting yep. up with all my questions too because uh, because I really appreciate it. Very interesting stuff. All right, sir. Thank you. Yep. You have a good weekend. Well, I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. And I want to thank Jeff again for taking time out of his busy schedule right before Pack Expo to, uh, you know, put together this presentation for us, this WebEx call for us. And if you're a vendor watching this and you'd like to do something similar, just contact me over at theautomationblog.com. That said, if you're a viewer and you want to keep us on the ear and keep the website going and, and help us branch out and cover more products and more vendors, You can support us now over at patreon.com forward slash automation. And when you do, you can use your Patreon account to log into the automation blog, get an ad-free experience at the automation blog, plus get free downloads in the store that's over at theautomationblog.com. That includes articles, videos, sample code, etc. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash automation. And with that, my name is Sean Tierney from theautomationschool.com. Until next time, my friends, peace.